0: I don't know. Do we want to do something funny at the top? Like, do we want it to be like, oh my God, we're so hilarious on the video, but like no one can see it. No one can hear it because it's an audio (laughs) podcast. Oh my God. Come check out our video podcast, guys.
1: So, what did you do this Halloween weekend, bro, while dabbing?
0: Played a couple shows.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. That's about it.
1: Love it. Our new metal show
0: you- went pretty well.
1: Did- oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. That How did you
1: feel uh, being Marilyn Manson?
0: So my contact that I wore last year uh, got completely messed up. So I couldn't wear it again. And uh, I just turned out to be a guy in all black wearing makeup. So Well, I'm
1: uh, really glad that you didn't figure that out when you put it in your eye.
0: I... Realize I should have figured it out like months ago. Like I should have prepared for this because we we've we do this yearly, so I should have known. Like there's no reason that I wouldn't have checked this a while ago and just ordered a new one, but because I was like, it's fine, it's totally fine. I didn't check until day of, and I like popped it open. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Guess not. (laughs) Made it. Um, So yeah, I I didn't have anything. How is your Halloween weekend?
1: Yikes, you know, I uh, kind of don't ever want to relive it again. (laughs) Um, All I can say is I almost use... So I have this really cute clutch Mm. and the fingers are um, brass knuckles. (laughs) Um, And when it's 3 to 4 a.m. and you're standing in the red line station trying to reason with someone... And it's just not happening. Sometimes <laughs> something crosses <laughs> your mind so you can go home. And that didn't happen, thankfully. Um, I did have a friend get so drunk that they were draping themselves over the sky outside of one of the bars we went to in Boys Town and called the guy who's dressed up as Avatar Aang for The Last Airbender. He was like, this is Naruto. And I think that was the most offended I've ever been this weekend, despite everything else that happened. <laughs> And then I saw you at emo night. And then I was uh, then I had to unfortunately leave emo night. Yeah. And you know, I'm just gonna look forward to everything else in my life.
0: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Things get better.
1: I know. I'm um, you know, I'm only 24. I have a lot to uh, look forward to, you know, in my <sighs> decrepit old age at 30 something, eventually.
0: Yeah. There's a lot left for you in this life. Right. Uh, I. Hate that. <laughs> uh welcome to Emo Social Club. What's up? <laughs> uh so we uh we did an interview with James Shotwell of Oxcord FM. Uh Lizzie, do you want to say a little bit about what Oxcord is before no, we get into
1: this? Oxcord is a pretty new publication that specializes in long form journalism. So long form journalism is more like features. So if you read something from New York Times and it might take you 15 minutes to read, uh, that's long form because there's a lot of details. And it usually addresses things that people don't like to talk about. So, you know, those spicy topics that, you know, sometimes I call out people for about, you know, maybe you should be more aware politically about things uh, low key. It's like that. Mm -hmm. But it's also more relevant because sometimes they can be more narrative based. Mm -hmm. And there's also ones that are just straight-up narrative-based, like song inspirations that he has on Oxcord at them. So it's a good mix. It's very refreshing because it's not something that's just, here's little updates on music news, which is important, obviously, but it also includes like in-depth reviews of shows, or it also includes like interviews with like other bands, but it's a little bit more on a deeper level and not always relating to music, but because they're in a band. It's obviously related to music.
0: Yeah. And you wrote an article for them
1: yikes, I did I haven't <laughs> written um something in probably like God three years.
0: <laughs> it was good though. I actually really enjoyed it.
1: I thought you were just drunk tweeting me that it was good, so I didn't know if it was for real. No, I was
0: drunk <laughs> tweeting you because you didn't fucking post about it. I'm yeah, like, I mean, I posted about it
1: on my personal. Here? I had this thing about like self promotion mm. on like abusing you know, my.
0: 2018 where social media obsessed, you got to self promote.
1: Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I things. did on my own. I just didn't want to do it on our platform. I, I feel love... like that's an abuse of the lack of power that we have.
0: No, no. Listen, <laughs> we're, I'm going to abuse the shit out of my lack of power. I will. <laughs> (laughs) take full (laughs) advantage out of the modicum of power i have we have nine subscribers on youtube and all of them are gonna hear my fucking bullshit swear to god uh i was i was like i need lizzie to post about this it has been a full 24 hour period (laughs) i have had full 24 beers and i need to (laughs) let her know that she needs to post about this and so I, I I tweeted at you and then James and Oxcord like, yeah, like every single po- like post between us where I'm just like, what are you doing? Post about this on the social club, post about this on our Twitter page, get on get on Facebook. Like, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting here not posting about this? And then finally, <laughs> like they're just like, this is hilarious. Let's get on this. Literally. <laughs> like this is so um, good
1: sometimes we bully each other so it's usually me calling um, Robe my decrepit old man and him yelling at me to self promote oh, myself
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's you telling me that I'm too old and it's me telling you that you're not doing a good enough job of <laughs> succeeding in this life and you could do so much better you have this whole future ahead of you and you're not doing <laughs> anything with it and I think uh-huh. going, hey go take advantage of the, 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 the options yeah. that we have to succeed in this world do your thing. Get out there. Promote yourself. And the article was good. The article was fun to read.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I'm working uh-huh. on another one now.
0: <laughs> Coming up, our interview with James <laughs> Shotwell of Oxcord FM. <laughs> All right. It is live now.
1: Look at that.
2: We are live. I turned see. on my nice studio lights so you can actually see me. Nice. I Look to at get that. Yeah. <laughs> I've only had glasses for like a month and I'm still not used to like the <laughs> glare. But like I don't know what to do about it.
1: It's okay. It never goes away. Yeah. Even the anti-glare doesn't do anything.
2: <laughs> it's fun. It ruins a lot of pictures. It really
1: does. <laughs> People think you have like this weird eye thing going on too and you're like, oh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Uh, it's making me look like a suburban dad. I like it. It's
1: <laughs> I guess that's the vibe of the year.
2: That's the look. Yeah.
1: Right?
2: yeah, I might not like those bands, but I look like I like those bands. There yeah. you,
1: I mean, do you have the white Nikes with the grass stains on them and everything?
2: I do have white Nikes, uh, but I take care of them. So. Okay,
1: that's good. So you're a responsible <laughs> suburban dad.
2: Yeah, I graduated from Converse to uh, like nice sneakers this year, which I think is more of lateral than like an actual growth <laughs> development, but it's okay. So it's working out. There you go. Yeah, I, uh, I have little Zan socks on right now, though, so like I'm still not. A Damn,
1: fan. you really, you really <laughs> in on that then? <laughs>
2: well, okay. I saw
1: you did a whole review for um the. In Xanacy tour, however you pronounce it for little Xan. Zanark- yeah, Xanarchy. No,
2: yeah. Z- I get very, it- yeah, no, everyone laughs the first time. Yeah. I, just
1: wanted, I just really want to <laughs> know if he understands what anarchy is, like fully as a political concept, but I feel like he doesn't. You
2: know, he has this, there's a guy in his crew who um, has a tattoo of Anne Frank on the side of his face. No, it's never explained, but they call him Zan Frank. I
1: don't pretty, like uh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I don't like yeah, that either.
2: It's, it's weird. It's a whole weird thing, trust me. My uh, girlfriend is slightly older than me and she always looks at me like I'm crazy when I start talking about Lil Xan cuz I know like way too much. Like, I know as, I know as much as like someone who's age appropriate to like Lil Xan knows about Lil Xan. Oh my god. Not someone who turns 31 next this month, next month. Oh man. Mm.
1: Anyway, Can't really. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm 31 already, by the way, so I'm already here.
2: How's it feel? Just
0: terrible.
1: Yeah, 31.
0: Everything's just been falling apart in my life, emotionally, physically, just the whole thing.
2: (laughs) <laughs> you do understand like when you're young and people joke about like random pains like at 30 you start to yeah. understand that. Yeah, so you're like, like, "Oh yeah,
0: I can go out all night drinking and now it's like, uh, I don't want to." Like I thought, "Oh, I'll be I'll, I won't be able to do that anymore." But
2: now it's like, <laughs> "I don't want to do that anymore." And so just, yeah.
1: Oh my god. I yeah. have so it's, much to look forward to, I guess. It's
2: it's real good. You get to you appreciate being Well, important. well,
1: how was how was 24 for you guys? Cuz I'll be 24 in the middle of December. <laughs>
2: Like I can't even remember what 24 was oh like. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, nope. I think I lived in Boston, so it was fine. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, I went to uh, Detroit to do a story where I did tri- uh, yoga with the lead singer of Trivium because he's like a master yogi. Yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, so we did yoga together for like an hour, oh, 45 minutes. And the next day, I felt like death. Like my, <laughs> my shoulders hurt. Like my body hurt in places. <laughs> Like I was a stereotype of like an out of shape middle aged person. I was just like, oh, I didn't even know I had muscles here.
1: Oh man, you didn't know front. that that thing could stretch that far.
2: Yeah, and it was weird because like I wasn't good, and he was—he's like super good. He can do like headstands and all that. Oh, that. I
1: can't even do a headstand. So, like, at, at,
2: at one point, he was—he actually came over and picked up my ankles, and he was holding them above my head to sh- like help me do a handstand. Oh, and I was like, this God. is so weird. Matt Heffy is holding my ankles, looking down <laughs> at me right now. We're not talking about music at all. Just hanging out. It was a weird day.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a weird day. I don't know how I would feel if I had a band member like, come up to me and help me do a, a handstand and yoga.
2: My new thing is trying to tell stories about like what people do that isn't music that work in music. So that was like the first one. And then on Friday I'm going to go to lunch with Justin from Motion City Soundtrack, or I guess now it's just Justin Pierre. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And and then I think on Saturday I'm going to get coffee with Nick uh, Martin who plays guitar for Sleeping With Sirens. So we're going to do like, we're going to talk about those things. Basically I always want to talk to people in music about things that aren't music. It's kind of my career at this point
1: well that's pretty Uh, interesting are you talking about um i did you you see justin pierre's recent post about how he his daughter was saying oh i hope you don't go to like on tour again because she was like so upset about him not being there i feel like that's a big issue a lot of people in the industry don't address especially with a lot of these bands that we've grown up with they're old enough to have kids which is wild (laughs) yeah
2: well the weirder part is realizing that like they're not that much older than me like, uh, like Justin, or like I've gotten really close with Anthony Green over the last year, and like he's oh, Anthony's 36 now, but Trivium's Matt Heffy, he's only 32. And I'm just like, oh, like there's a time when you're like young and you look at them and you're like, oh, they're like gods. Like, how did they figure this out? And then you pass 30 and they treat you like an equal because they're like, oh, you're also old. Well, let's talk, about, let's talk about life insurance. And you're just like, I know a lot about that. And uh, wow. like, it, it, like the dynamic changes. Like last time I saw Nick Martin on Sleeping with Sirens headlining tour, like we literally talked about like health insurance. We talked about like his wedding. It was just like real life adult stuff. And they're just like, they, they don't want to talk to you about music. They're just like, let's, how are you surviving? Can you pay your bills?
1: <laughs> are we all in the same boat here, my guy?
2: Yeah. Are, is the dream still alive in you? How? How does that happen? that's that's how it's changed
0: (laughs) when you uh when you talk to nick martin ask him if he remembers a band that worked with craig owens at 37 studios in detroit Uh, we my old band
1: uh, paid for
0: studio time uh, with craig owens producing like our ep and he only came there twice but the second time he came with nick and so like they were just i mean they were basically just listening to our music but then nick took the photo of like the band with craig owens Mm-hmm. So since then I've like always followed Nick on everything. Cause he's just, he's just like a super cool guy there. But, uh, yeah, he definitely doesn't remember me. So it'd be fun just to know that he doesn't <laughs> remember me.
2: <laughs> I've learned like, uh, one of my favorite, one of the things I've learned in recent years is like, especially when, when Craig's involved in stories, sometimes it's best to not ask and just kind of feel it out from another perspective to know yeah. if you can't ask because, <laughs> uh, like, there was this moment last year where someone hacked the old drugs Instagram, uh, Twitter account and, like, started oh, seeing yes. a reunion that wasn't going to happen. Oh, my so I, I, I texted Craig and Nick. That's, like, such a humble brag. I just texted them. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I remember I texted Nick, and I sent him a screenshot, and I was like, have you forgotten to mention something to me? And he was just like, he was like, there is no fucking way that's happening. So I was, I was like, okay, okay, okay. I guess I just, will just leave that one alone. And then he was like, maybe Craig's doing it without me, but like, they never talked to me. And I was like, okay, I guess it tells you all you need to know, we're not going to. <laughs> it was just like, Sorry if not, I
1: started a mini fight. I just yeah, wanted you're to like peace
2: out. <laughs> you just, you see the wound from a distance and you're like, oh, okay, we're not, okay. We just don't talk about that. That's fine. That's, That's the like, uh,
0: they should bring back Isles and Glaciers and just have someone hack that now.
2: I've tried that. I've tried that same conversation. Cause I, I wanted to tell a story about Isles and Glaciers at one point and uh nick was like good luck <laughs> like i saw them live like their one live show that they were yeah did. yeah that's like my one of those old scene kid claim to fames that i have now it i really saw is. isles and glaciers
0: <laughs> i was so obsessed with that record like i was like this is probably one of the best records that i've ever I've heard, ever heard <laughs> since then <laughs> now i've like realized like it could have been better but <laughs> Uh, at the time, I was just like, I fucking love this. Like, these are all of, like, some of my favorite musicians all together working together. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I was just so, so all about it. And then, like, Drugs was doing it. And I'm like, well, this is kind of, like, the same thing. It's probably the best we'll get. And then I was like, mm-hmm, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. By the um, way, I, uh, I, I I talk very honestly about my feelings on some records. So I'm sorry if I offend anyone you know. We don't usually <laughs> talk to people who know anybody that we talk <laughs> to.
1: Yeah, we usually talk to people who think that they know people. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I'll tell you, you a good every episode. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good drug story, so you don't feel bad. Um, yeah. They they invited us to um, back when I had the website under the gun review. They invited us to go to Detroit for the Sex Life video shoot. Yeah, and um, I, I was into it, but we had already posted the review of the album, and I think I gave it. I want to say I could be wrong. It's either a seven and a half or an eight out of ten. But it's nothing as
1: it's nothing as bad as the Greta Van Fleet like review from pitch no
2: no very pop like i feel a seven and a half is like that's like saying i enjoyed this album it could be better Mm -hmm. um but it's completely listenable so they're like you have to be in detroit at 8 a.m and it's gonna be until midnight and i was like all right that's fine whatever so we show up at this house in suburban detroit at like eight in the morning and we walk in the front door of a non-assuming house and sitting on the couch is every member of drugs, like just like on a couch, like in a sitcom, hanging out with each other. So like, (laughs) and I hadn't met Nick or Matt or Aaron before I'd seen Craig, but I'd never actually like been in a room with him where we could just talk like human beings. Mm. And so like, they like open the door and everyone's like, Oh, Hey. And the first words out of Craig's mouth, 8am are, so how about that review? (laughs) Come again. He goes, I'm just saying, man, like, what was your score? And I rattled it off. I was like, I think I gave it an eight. And he goes, yeah, I felt like it could have been higher. <laughs> and, like, there's just silence. Uh, and, like, my camera guy's standing there, and then everyone on the couch is like, and then Nick just randomly goes, okay, so, like, we got a big day ahead of us. Um, and then we didn't speak again the entire day. Wow. Like, we just, we oh, just my kept, God. And we were in this house, and, like, at some point, like, that, the video has, like, a house party in it, and we shot this party all day long. Like it started in the basement and we worked our way through like the top floor of the house and like, we never quite Craig didn't talk to me again for the rest of the day. And he, we just, we just like never addressed it. And It was so weird because it was literally like just a normal house. So like, there was no way to get away from each other. Like we just had, we kept being in the same space and I was like on my phone typing. And then when they brought in all the extras, which of course were like 35 girls and five guys, um, <laughs> They were like, I remember like, they just had alcohol all of a sudden, it just appeared and they're just like, all right, everyone just, you know, be responsible. And then like, people were just walking around drunk and it was like a good time, but I never forgot that like the the day started on that weird note and it was just like in the air all day. Anytime we passed each other, it was just like, okay, I guess, (laughs) thanks for letting me be here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was strange, it's cool.
0: It It was strange being in a studio with him too. I don't really have any good stories about it it's just like, <laughs> like i remember he was very like hands off like it was very yeah. much like uh thank you for the paycheck and uh here's our producer and you can work with him now uh, yeah
2: he's an interesting guy
0: yeah <laughs> and th- but they were talking about it because it was right after chiotos uh like got the new singer and they were going into the studio and he was like texting with somebody from uh someone i don't know who he was texting with but it was just like, man, did you hear who they're going to the studio with? And he was like all pissed about like what Chiotos was doing. (laughs) And then like, they ended up playing a song for us. And I think it was, I don't remember. It was not one of the good ones. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, Oh, oh, cool, man. Cool. 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 And uh, yeah, he gave us like a lyric treatment and uh, he wasn't there. He just like emailed it in and we were like, so do you want to use these? And I'm like, do i do I do i have to like no do i I
1: have a choice Then
0: i don't then i do not want to use these these are not that great (laughs) these are not good at all uh and he's like yeah it doesn't matter like he's he's fine with it like cool (laughs) but i'm like did i just tell someone that i really like the music of that i don't like what they wrote as lyrics when they were giving them to me like i'm nobody i'm just like some random ass dude coming in here and like do i really have the privilege to do that (laughs)
2: It's, uh, sure, I don't. <laughs> it's, it's never not awkward. Like, uh, <laughs> I was on, I was hanging out with a mod son earlier this month and out of nowhere, he like grabs his iPod. And he's like, let me play you something I wrote last night. And I was like, great man. Sounds good. And he hit play and it was fine, but it's, it's, I never know what to say other than like, this is really good. Like yeah. <laughs> all, all you can be like, this, this is super good, man. I think you should release it. Uh, every now and then you'll hear something that people like, I remember, sitting in uh, the wonder years band when they're a small band and Dan like played a bunch of songs for us on a ukulele. Like we finished the interview and he was just like, do you guys want to hear some new stuff? And I'm like absolutely. And he pulls out not a guitar, but a ukulele <laughs> and he's just like, I've been working on this song and he plays the song about rain in North Carolina, very wonder years ish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember him finishing it and being like, I don't know, maybe it sucks. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I, it's good, man. It's great. I know. <laughs> it's a weird position to be in. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I wonder if they're just messing with me to be like, I don't I hate this, but let's see what he says. Like let's see if he'll be honest.
0: <laughs> All a musician wants is feedback, but they But it yeah. has to
1: be positive. I know yeah, like, I've I told some people that I know who have been advanced, I'm like, wow, this kind of sucks. And then that like they go yeah. in on me. I'm like, I don't know what you want. You wanted honesty. This is my honest yeah. opinion, my <laughs> guy.
0: Our entire lives are being told that we are great for what we do. And <laughs> as soon as you take that away from us, like <laughs> We don't know how to feel. We don't know how to act. So, I mean, I'm saying it like I've done that to people, but yeah. I've also been the guy who's just like, I want to play my song for people because I want them to be honest with me and I want to know yeah. that it's good. Like if people actually really enjoy it, then they're going to go out and, and buy it and, and, you know, go to shows and sing along with it and all that. And if it's not good, then they're just going to go, yeah, yeah, that was all right. And then no yeah. one's going to care when you actually release it.
2: Well, when you get to the older relationship with musicians and like, they don't talk to you about music anymore. And you just like, you know, like their wife's name or something like that. Then I feel more comfortable talking about the music critically because it's like, okay, well you don't just like me because I say nice things about you. Yeah. I know, I know things about your life now. I don't your life
1: insurance policy. Yeah.
2: like, (laughs) Like we, we might actually be friends on some, some level of play. Um, but when they're, like, a young artist, yeah, it's always, it's always really difficult. Sometimes, yeah. like, the best – I always, if it's an album, at least, you can be, like – you can pick the song that you like. Like, you know, I should be like, well, you know, that one song is really good. <laughs> Watch like, it be uh, the
1: single. Like, yes, this one single.
0: Yeah, It yeah. pops
1: off my guy.
0: <laughs> That's like, yeah. uh, oh, you looked like you were
2: having a lot of fun up there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, the
2: set was great, man. Totally. Yeah. I really like that look- third song. Yeah. Was the fourth one. I don't remember. <laughs> Was that a new su- No, okay. Yeah. No, it
1: just oh you know God. sometimes it blends together, but that's okay. I just really like the continuity of it. Yeah,
0: Ooh. I was probably going to get a beer at that time, like you know, but I came back and man, you just like you crushed it. You guys are so good. <laughs> anyway, I gotta be up early. I gotta go. So, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, nice talking to you, guy. Bye. Yeah.
2: I've been, I've, I've gotten lucky enough now that I can do the interviews pretty early in the day. So my, my hardest thing is not admitting that I won't be there when they go on six hours from when we have our conversation. So they'll be like, I'll see you tonight. And I'll be like, no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> even if I'm there, you won't. It's cool. Yeah. The thing is like try to figure out when the set times are and then you can text them and say like, great set, man. Like, uh, you know, try to figure it out. But sometimes I, 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 Anthony Green, I can say this because he caught me doing it. Um, <laughs> the, like we've been, He and I are working on like this series of stories about his life right now. And I'm going to do the fourth one this Friday. But the last time I saw him in July, he was doing his Avalon 10-year tour. And we did the interview super early in the day. And we hung out for like an hour and we had a good time. And then I like, the show started and I was just like, ah, it's a three-hour drive home. I'm just going to go home. So I went home and thinking that I would text him like at, you know, like 1030 when the show ended. And so I did. I texted him at 1030 and I was like, hey man, great show tonight. Hope you had a great time. Good talking to you. See you soon. And he texted me back. And he was like, thanks. But it was like really short, which is kind of unusual for him. And uh, I was like, that's weird. And then the next day I read someone else's review of the show and he went on at like 8pm. So like the show had been over for like an hour when I texted him oh, and I was wow. like, Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, you got me. I'll I'll fess up to it. I'll just text and be like, okay, you got me. I had to, I had to get home. Like we're friends. Like, do you really care if I stayed? It's not a, you're not trying to entertain me. Yeah.
1: Um, it's fine. It'll be okay. So you, um, you started Oxcord FM just like a month and a half ago. What kind of, I, I know on Twitter, you were like posting things and giving some constructive criticism to some other music outlets and saying that you kind of wanted to start something that was a little bit more not as clickbaity anymore it sounds like so what just really pushed you over the edge to just say fuck it I'm going to do it
2: uh well I've been writing for a long time and I've gotten screwed over a good number of times Uh, not every time (laughs) but close to every time it's something always just goes wrong and some of the things like you obviously you can't really discuss but like like when I was just with, I was a substream last and they they switched owners so it's a completely different scenario there now but the last owner we um we did a whole issue for the magazine that was supposed to come out and it was supposed to come out in March of this year and then in March they were like it'll be April and then in April they were like it'll be May and then in May they were like actually it's not coming out in PS we can't pay you and it was just. Like it all just kind of fell apart, nice. and, it was, and it fell on me because I I was the guy who had kind of put myself out there and like pulled the connections, and like I had written a cover story for an artist on Columbia. I guess it doesn't really matter now, because I don't write there anymore. So <laughs> the cover story was supposed to be Lil Xan, and it was going to be Lil Xan's first cover story. And we had done a photo shoot with Lil Xan and done all these things, and we had sent them a mock-up of a magazine that I later learned didn't exist. And so it blows up, and they get to kind of walk away and just be like, well, it didn't work out, but I have to go back to Columbia Records and be like, hey, listen, I know you put yourself out there and gave us this opportunity, but it didn't work out. Um, And thankfully, it didn't like burn bridges, but it just kind of really turned me off to the idea of writing. Uh, for a long time like i just, I just like took, I took most of the summer off with the exception of doing a piece with Anthony because we always do stuff when he 's in town, but in terms of like just free writing about things i just didn 't really do anything because I was just kind of was like what 's the point? you know what I mean um, and then i i i it 's like it 's like my addiction is writing, and i can 't stay away from it so eventually I was like i got the itch, but i don 't want to give my content to a place that i don 't trust anymore because i 've kind of broken that. And I mean, the people that are there now and their team, Logan and Gabe and Molly, they're all great people. They're great writers and I support them hundred percent. But just for me, it just didn't feel right to just like, I, I don't like the idea that you can like shit on my day and then just expect me to come into work tomorrow. Like that right. doesn't, that doesn't work for me, especially like after 10 years of writing, I'm just like, I can do, I don't need you to do this. Um, so the idea for Oxford came because that mixed with I had started pitching content to a bunch of other sites, uh, Alternative Press being one of them, and like the other kind of scene sites. And I was talking about these bands like Hot Mulligan and Bearings and uh, Jetty Bones is one that comes up a lot of the time. And I would pitch these really cool features because I feel like these bands are kind of the next wave. And the thing that what I kept getting told over and over again by the people that run those sites was nobody reads long-form content. Um, our engagement is at an all-time high but our click-through rates are at an all-time low and the time spent on every page is super low so no one is reading long-form content and my experience with substream and before substream like people like a good story like it doesn't matter what website it runs on or who the artist is if you have a great story to tell it'll find its way out into the world and like people will take notice of it you have to push it really hard but like there are people that want to read that kind of stuff and for me as somebody that's not like, I, it's weird to say, but I feel like I feel too old to be like in the hot mulligan scene. Like I love those guys and they're my friends. But like when I go to a hot mulligan show, I just saw them open for the wonder years in Cincinnati. And like, I was with the Cincinnati guys <laughs> that were all for the wonder years. And then all the bands that played before the wonder years, I just felt too old for. Cause it was like, everyone was way younger than me that I was excited about them.
1: I mean, hot um, mulligan, they, they real hard. I love hot yeah. mulligan.
2: <laughs> and, and what I'm trying to think of who else was on the show. Um, super, whatever. I think they were on the show and um this color and sound opened but like there's a clear division in the audience between like older people that had bought you know the first wonder years album get stoked on it like on cd and then people that came of age slightly after that um and so i was like i want to tell stories because if i want to learn about this band i got to read a long form story and i feel like when i was a young music fan i would want to read a long form story like you can get a lot of stuff from twitter feeds but like I love the grit of like a long form article about a band, whether we're in their van or if we're in the studio or if it's just, you know, they're just hanging out somewhere. Like I just like that kind of detail and they were just, they had no interest. And I even offered to do it for free for like all press. I pitched like a ton of, on, I was like, let me do a series of online long reads on these next generation of bands because your magazine doesn't have a ton of these young bands in it. And if they are, they only get like that little paragraph. You yeah,
1: hey, should maybe listen to this band.
2: Yeah, the AP what's next or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just like, you know, it's the team isn't going for it. And I was like, okay, well that's fine. And so I was kind of just going to give up and I realized like, oh, I could just I could just do it myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how I got started in writing was I launched my own website, so like why not just do it myself? And so I partnered with uh, Jacob Tenders, one of the founders, and then Ben Howell is a photographer, that's also a founder. And they kind of really did a lot of the background work and I just kind of come up with ideas. But that's kind of where Oxcord is born from, is this idea to do that. And it was funny because as soon as I launched the site, I got all these emails from writers, even some I didn't know, that were like, I have an idea for something that I don't think X website would want to run because it's long form. And so we've done some pieces on like what it's like to be a black girl in the world of alternative music, and we have a piece coming up that's about... You know what do we do this uh, it's, uh, it's kind of complicated but the idea is basically like there's all these uh accusations of sexual wrongdoing or sexual assault or misconduct or however you want to f- phrase it and clearly delete them is not like a solution it's not a permanent solution in any way so the article is written by one of my favorite friend one of my favorite writers anna maria and she's going to uh, kind of walk through like a couple of different ideas on like what do we do about this situation how do we where do we go from here because it's a conversation that a lot of these bigger websites claim they want to have, like, um, what alternative press up that no more silence thing for like one month at one point. Yeah.
1: Well then they also try to do a whole expose, like long form article breakdown about the William control scenario, like months after the fact.
2: Yeah. And that, okay. but, But in, in a moment of transparency that they wouldn't be too thrilled with, it's, that's a case where, the will and control one is kind of a weird one, but I understand where alternative press is coming from. It's not weird. in like, what was accused? Like I get that. No, yeah. <laughs> <Understand. okay. laughs> um, but in that case, a lot people at myself and people at alternative press have been working with will and have been, I guess you could say as close as you can be as a writer, as a friend to these people since the first day of Aiden. And so he's somebody that like, you could pick up the phone and call if you have a question about. So when an accusation comes out, you're confronted with that, that, weird split in the road where it's like, okay, how do I call somebody that I know is like a friend and say, can we address these issues in a public forum? Like, it's a weird thing to do. And I mean, they wanted to get all the details, which is always their solution. I think the problem is, in in that case particular, is that it took way too long to do that. And the smarter, in in my mind, the the better approach is to kind of do how CNN does a breaking news story of the Boston Globe, which is to say, here's what we know right now that we can prove and here's what's alleged, and then we kind of follow up and keep building the story. I think the problem with AP in a lot of these cases, like they did the same thing, like when the Brett Kavanaugh trials were happening. Mm -hmm. AP does not cover the Brett Kavanaugh trials. But then in the middle of it, the story comes out about how when he was in college, he got into a bar fight uh, with a guy who he thought was the lead singer of UB40. And because that has like this weird music angle, AP runs a story just about the bar fight, with like one sentence about why that's in the news, and I took an issue with it and gotten a lot of trouble <laughs> nice. uh, from the people that from the powers that be, um, because I think it's I think that's weird. Like I think if you're going to cover something that's a big national story like that, you have to offer your context. And you sh- what they should have done is do like if you want to cover the Brett Kavanaugh thing, you should start with here's what the Brett Kavanaugh thing is, and then here's this kind of funny anecdote about like what happened but to just pick that anecdote out and then call that news and not cover the rest of what's happening. It just felt like that's like the kind of music journalism I don't really care for. Like it, it just seems click like clickbaity is the best way to put it where it's just like, Oh, this is a fun, kids will care about this, but they should care about the whole story and they might not feel this way, but I feel that an outlet like that, it's their responsibility to give kids the whole story because you know, someone that reads alternative press every day doesn't read the Boston globe and doesn't read CNN necessarily. So Alternative press may be their only source of news. And if they only see this funny anecdote about Brett Kavanaugh, they might not understand why so many people are so upset.
1: its I remember like years ago, alternative press used to do like a handful of like long form stories and then they started to move away from it. So the fact that they kind of, you know, lowered their standards, I guess to say, it's really depressing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's lowering standards. Like uh, I get a lot of slack for talking shit about alternative press and sometimes I say that it's warranted, but I actually love, I love Mike and I love the whole team. I think there, this is how I, this is what I don't think people always consider like a music blog. If I decide tomorrow that I want to change Oxford and we're going to do a lot of short form content, it's a very easy thing to do. Like I just changed my mind, but alternative press, you have this big company that has a giant office space in Cleveland. They have a giant overhead cost for printing the magazine. They have a staff of probably a dozen people or so. A lot of them have been there like Pettigrew, Mike Shea, the owner, and some of the other people have been there for 10, 15, 20 years at this point. Like they have salaries you have to pay. They have health insurance. It's a gigantic ship. It's like uh it's like a giant yeah, you know, a giant ship is the best way. So you can't just like take a hard right and all of a sudden be like, we're gonna do this thing now. You kind of have to follow where your audience leads. And if you're just going off the analytics, like people that like the kind of music that they were covering, especially in the early 2010s, like they didn't really mature into another genre of music. You know what I mean? Like Black Veil Brides happened and then there was no next band. But if you go back to like the early 2000s, we had like Thursday and then came Taking Back Sunday and then came like Hawthorne Heights and the wave of victory bands. And there was this kind of maturation level that kind of, Helped you grow into liking all these other bands and hopefully along the way you started to give a crap about the bands that influenced those bands but these singular acts like my chemical romance or panic at the disco or black over i just say black because i know that andy was just on the cover and so was brendan but those are kind of singular bands where there was never another one so they kind of you kind of walk yourself into a corner because if you stop covering the thing that the kids that read your magazine like they won't read your magazine anymore at least that's the fear so you can't take a risk on being like well let's give 3 pages to hot mulligan in this issue and the last issue sold, you know, x amount of copies with five seconds of summer on the cover. It's just it's too risky for a company that big to do. So I get that. It's just it, it's just kind of sad because I think and there was a time before the internet when they could take chances and that's when they would put like smashing pumpkins on the cover or Marilyn Manson, but that, those days just don't exist anymore, especially for a company that old that has so much going on at once. It's just a lot to do. And I think what they try to, and it, it's just that they try to in weird ways, like the merch line and the puppy punk or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> People hate that. But if they did a puppy punk issue of the magazine, it wouldn't sell at all. But for some reason, those shirts do. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's weird. And uh, I think that there's space for a new publication to kind of come up, maybe, possibly. Substream was that for a while, but Substream doesn't have a print edition anymore, or at least not at the moment. So there's not really an option B in North America. But what I've been told is that there's a lot of artists, um, Basement would be a great example of this, who when they're looking at promoting their new album, they don't even look at alternative press because they no longer feel that that is a representation of who their audience is. Mm. And I think a lot of the people that give alternative press a lot of grief, sometimes myself included, were coming from a place of, well, I want the magazine that they were in 2004, which is no different than like hearing a new album from a band that you love and being like, this doesn't sound like their debut album. You know what I mean? Like they, right, they yeah. just ruined. you kind of grow out of it. The the thing that sucks is that there is no next thing because all the magazines that you would have matured into have died. Like Spin magazine is gone, and all like other than Rolling Stone, which is like mostly for. Light, a slightly older demographic.
1: Right. And after their whole, <laughs> you know, conspiracy about that one um, rape case, it's kind of hard yeah. to find it as credible as it used to be.
2: Yeah. That case was, yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. That's a true fact about Rolling Stone. You know what always boggles my mind about that Rolling Stone story is that the writer who made up that rape yeah. story or who boggled it, she was on a contract for uh, $200,000 a year. And it was like, Uh, two stories a year $200,000 was like her contract for Rolling Stone and I was like that's crazy money because I've been paid by some of these companies and that is nowhere near what you get
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you're like you do two stories and you screw up one of them to get 200,000 a year what the actual Yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah you blew a chance to make that kind of money in entertainment writing that's crazy to me. Um, but I, I mean, I think what Alternative Press is doing is good. I think people just have come to expect too much from them. I will say that I kind of like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but recently they've started kicking back, like online, when someone tweets them some shit about like, you guys don't cover music anymore. They've been getting like angstier in their responses. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next time you see them post like, five pumpkins that'll make you happy or something like that (laughs) look at the replies and undoubtedly somebody will be like why don't you cover music anymore and they will tweet back and be like you should look at our archives and then they'll link a whole bunch of other content
1: oh my god
2: um and I, I saw, like, the other day they posted about uh, some uh, someone going on tour and someone was like, it's real nice of you to cover them now. Why don't you cover them before? And they tweeted nice. back and they were like, clearly you haven't been paying attention and, like, linked, like, four articles about that band. And I was like, the clapback is real. Wow, <laughs> like, they're yes.
1: done. They're ready.
2: Yeah, they're, like, they're over it. Which, I mean, that's... I, when I tweeted the, I tweeted something snarky about the Brett Kavanaugh thing. I didn't mention them by name, but I got a, I got an upset message because they took it very personally, and I apologized. But it was kind of too little, too late, and I, I accept that. Like I'm a smartass, and you have to take responsibility for the things you say. So I apologize if this gets out there. Nobody watching, tell them what I said. <laughs> Just stay cool, guys. Don't be, a, don't be a narc. <laughs> no one's
0: watching anyway
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: did it out of the uh, the final edition <laughs> when oh. i say that and then it's like wait maybe someone is watching <laughs>
2: yeah. oh it's fine oh i don't think so i get uh I got i actually got a message from a third party that just said so i hear you're making enemies today and i was like excuse me <laughs> and uh, so it happens it's cool i burned a bridge there a long time ago too when i was like 21 like a decade ago you know how it goes
1: god i can't <laughs> wait to burn my bridges as i get up there guys man, looking forward take, to things it
0: should not take 10 years to uh to rebuild a bridge man <laughs> you would think so you would think but so people, uh you know people are stuck in their ways i think
1: so it's yeah, really it's just like... because you said you didn't like that one song by them that was it
2: <laughs> Yeah, probably i <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, yeah, no, absolutely. I've actually had a, a, a funny thing that happened to me earlier this year with this weird grudge thing. Is I tried to interview an artist that I can't name um, because I don't want to get in trouble. But uh, I was trying to do this profile on this artist and the publicist was into the idea. And when they asked the artist, they said they didn't want to do the interview because they were afraid that I was going to quote me to them. Um, because I've written a lot of articles about the Me Too movement. Like I, I was the first person to write about the front porch step story and okay. I, I've covered some of the other ones as they've come up and I've gotten to this weird place where I get an email about once every other week where someone will be like, Hey, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows about this a case of abuse and do you want to write a story about it? And I don't ever really say yes unless it's something that I can really prove and like you can talk to the person and do right and
1: there's things. enough evidence behind it.
2: Yeah, like I try to really follow the proper methods. But apparently um, I have a reputation for writing those stories so when they approached this notable alternative artist and asked them if they would want to do like a, an interview a sit-down interview with me for like an hour they were like no I'm I don't want you in case he's gonna try to pull some allegation on me and I was just like "Whoa, okay
1: Ooh.
2: well if that's a if that's your first concern you probably have other problems yeah. <laughs> Like, why
0: would you think that someone's going to do that to you if you if that's like your mm. only
1: like main concern and why you're denying an interview? I feel like, mm, yeah, something it there.
2: It's it was uncomfortable, and I was immediately like, oh, okay. You know, I least, offered to like have them approve my questions, but like, not going to happen.
0: At least you can tell people you're the Ronan Pharaoh of Warp Tour. <laughs>
2: i don't i mean i want to be proud of that but people don't treat it (laughs) like it is you know it's it's funny i mean it's different i think i mean in hollywood when it happens to like an actor yeah a lot of people there's like this weird ripple that's hurt but the music industry is so small that like like i think about this all the time like when the brand new allegations happen or actually let's use front porch step because everyone agrees on that one yeah um so when the front porch step one happened that guy had just sold because i i before a month before that broke, I did an interview with him for the Hollicks blog that we actually didn't end up using for the podcast for like no real reason. And then this allegation broke. But in the interview that I had with Jake, he had told me that his debut album had just crossed a hundred thousand copies sold. Like for a label like Pure Noise Records, that is so yeah. much money. Like you can't even wrap your head around how much money that is for a label like Pure Noise, especially at that point before Pure Noise had really like blown up. And I remember, like, as soon as it broke, I was like, dang, he's not going to sell that many records again. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen.
1: Yeah, like, that's and, it.
2: and the music community is so fragile right now. Alternative music is so fragile as a community, especially in the light of losing Warped Tour, that I think people are getting very, very protective of these bigger names. Because if somebody, if one of those, like, cornerstone acts falls, the whole label is in danger of going out of business. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's funny and it's sad to like, it's not something people always consider, but especially with, since most of this scene is indie labels, like in a world where something happens to the Mayday parades of the world, like whole, whole labels will fold and less new bands get signed because there's less money coming in. And it's this whole thing that people don't really consider when they just start throwing allegations out there. And I get why, but I also understand why people are more protective about it at the same time, you know?
1: true that's a a different perspective because we've talked about this before but we've never seen it in that light we've always seen it in just you know it's black and white yeah Yeah, yeah. it is you have a lot of black and white and then you also have people who have said like oh hey i'm sorry about this this happened like x amount of years ago and then it's still like no you're canceled or you have a bunch of people like now i think the latest thing is that the least accused one we aim for was labeled as like a transphobic racist and sexist person Mm -hmm.
0: He's somebody who should have shut his mouth before he recorded an album.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, well, the thing is, okay, like a, a, a less problematic way to look at it that I always tell people is like think about. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, oh my god, Warped torch done. Thank God, get out of here, you. You know, whatever. They had a lot of issues with how Warped Tour handles things. Mm -hmm. But I tend to look at it from a financial perspective, which is like I did Warped Tour in 2012 as a stage manager. And this was like between the first and second Motionless and White album. And I know for a fact that on that tour, when they were still kind of a a smaller band, they were selling $10,000 worth of merch every day. So as for a band to get ahead, like Warped Tour has always been this gigantic launching pad. And by losing Warped Tour as a national touring thing, we kind of lose the stepping stones. Mm -hmm. Like how do you get a band that's hot mulligan to become the next all time low if you don't have this weird thing where 30,000 kids every single day have an opportunity to watch them play in 50 cities across America? you just have to hope that those kids are listening to the new the new artist playlist on spotify you have to hope that they're going to vfw halls and hole in the wall venues and that eventually somehow they find their way into a big tour like there's no warp tour used to be the ladder to get to the next level and for all the problems that they caused warp tour made it possible for those bands to tour the rest of the year even if the show sucked because we've all been to a show with a band we love where there's only 15 people in the crowd and you're like how are the six people on stage gonna eat tonight yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's you know there's like no one in the crowd and there's six bands on this bill and the money just isn't there so warp tour created this community that allowed us to foster and nurture bands and without it i'm really curious to see like what happens in the next year or two years i mean side one dummy now being a catalog label the only release they put out this year was the Warped Tour compilation, but prior to when Side One Dummy went dark, I know for a fact that the Warped Tour compilation paid 30% of the total staff salaries for the year. Oh, like wow. It was a gigantic part of their bottom line. So now that we've removed Warped Tour, what are labels like Pure Noise and Epitaph and Fearless and Hopeless and so on and so forth? Like How are they going to develop new bands? Because the older bands aren't doing the same things and they aren't selling as much and you know, uh, Hopeless took a huge gamble on the Wonder Years, which was a great idea, but Sister Cities is not the album that is going to sell to 17 year old kids. It's just mm-hmm. not that record. It's a record for guys. You know, the Wonder Years thing is that they're a narrative driven band, which is kind of what's popular in alternative music now. Like we're following the story of Soupy throughout the years. And this just mm-hmm. seems to get sadder and sadder and sadder. <laughs> um, But when you get to now, I'm like, Sister Cities, that guy's going to have a kid this year. Most of the members of the band are married. Most of them are over the age of 30. Like, they're writing songs about where they are at in life now, and it's not going to sell to the same market. But also, it's, you know, they have to pass the torch. They did these three dates with with Hot Mulligan, and it kind of seemed like that's what they were doing, being like, this band is the next band that could be like us in your life. But that, you know, they can only hit so many kids that way you like Riot Fest alone isn't going to break a new band. You need- right. Well,
1: And Riot Fest is still bringing a lot more. I mean, it's good. They have to bring like headlining acts, but at the same time yeah. this year, I will say they got way more diverse and brought in a lot more smaller acts. Like I was more hyped to see a lot of the smaller bands than I was to see pretty much any of the headliners besides alkaline trio and bleachers.
2: And that's great. But, uh, you know, the, the catch being is that Riot Fest happens in Chicago. When I think about Warped Tour War ending, I think about the kids that live in Bonner Springs, Kansas, which is where Warped Tour War happens in Kansas. <laughs> it is a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, and there is no restaurants or cities in 30-mile radius in any direction. And like, what did those kids do? You know what I mean? Like, are they no longer allowed to be a part of the community as a whole? Do they have to travel to Chicago? If so, that means the cost of going to support alternative music is now super high. You got to like drive to Chicago. You got to get a hotel. You got to do all these things versus a $25 ticket to see all the bands and then spend all that extra money on merchandise. So the economics of like alternative music are just changing in a really weird way. And I don't think we'll fully understand how important Work Tour was until we get like, Next summer, maybe, but the year after that, two to three years down the road, we'll really start to see like the fallout of not having a work tour type event because these singular things don't really break bands. I mean, Snowden is happening in Cleveland today. They announced Knuckle Puck and Knock Loose are the yeah. headliners. Like, great. Knock Loose is really breaking out right now, and but Knuckle Puck is there's several releases into their career. They're not really a new band that we're breaking, but they're also not so big that they're they alone can break the next band. Like if if a band can only get as big as the band they're opening for, then like the ceiling is not that high. <laughs> when all time, when all time low was, you know, touring on their first full length, they went out on tour with fallout boy, right after infinity on high was put out, like right in that window. And that was like huge because now, you know, all time low has able to kind of graduate to that next level of fandom. But only one or two bands can tour with fallout boy a year like yeah
1: exactly
2: (laughs) and blink 182 as great as they are they aren't known for taking out like baby bands they're going to take out a mid-level band like they took out fallout boy at one point um
1: they they took out my chemical romance yeah
2: like and my chemical romance is already like at the top of the brim so like you know the ceiling is getting lower and lower and there's more and more bands and we really have to find a way to address that as a community and Things like losing Warped Tour, but also the change of direction of alternative press, have made that really hard to figure out what we're going to do. Because if alternative press is only going to cover the bands that we all we can all name right now, Panic at the Disco and Five Seconds of Summer and all that as cover stars, water parks, water parks, they could open for Blink One Eighty Two at this point. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Are we all are we all on the same page with that?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we're all on the same yeah. page. With water parks. Yeah. But like, cool. <laughs> But is there another band that is as young as they are that is at that level in the scene right now like no there's just we just have one of them and that's kind of crazy yeah (laughs) so i don't know it's what i think about a lot and when when it's it's the same thing as like the problematic artists like the financial cornerstones of our scene as we like to call it they're kind of crumbling and as much as people want to get mad and be like delete this or delete them or this event is terrible they aren't bringing any new ideas to the table. They're just like, make it better. And then someone tries and they're like, this isn't good enough. <laughs> you know, we need more of this or less right. of this or ban this person. And like, that's not the big issue is how do we keep this community alive? And no one talks about that one. And that's well, really the issue that we need to address.
1: I think what that is that because you do have like a younger audience, which is great because, you know, you want to make sure it doesn't die. But at the same time, I don't think anybody – is really super educated in the fact of like how to maintain one, a music festival, one, how really, you know, everyone's doing DIY because of the cost, but I don't think anybody really like has a good grasp on the financial Mm -hmm. components of this or the sustainability of what you want to do. Because I've seen people are like, I'm going to start my own music fest. I'm like, cool. Awesome. Like, do you know how to pay people? Do you know how you're going to have sustainability efforts? How are you going to get vendors? How are you going to get this? And they're like, I was just going to email people and see if they can do it. I'm like, how are you going to pay people, guys? <laughs> you don't know this. You can't, I mean, you can have a half-ass, half-witted idea and go off to somebody who has those resources, but at the same time, you can't just go and fly by the sum of your pants with that. You can do that for most other things, but not for, like, a whole festival, because that's how you end up with, like, FYFS.
2: Hmm. Exactly. And, I mean, and again, singular festivals aren't enough. Like, there has to be, we have to have a way to communicate as, like, a large community in a way that doesn't just immediately turn to infighting and turn to cancel them culture or turn, like, the easiest thing to do is to say this thing sucks and then everyone else says this thing sucks. The hardest thing to do is to say we need to make this better and work together to make it better. And nobody's trying to do that. And that's like this article I mentioned earlier that Anna Maria is working on, not to bring it full circle on us right now, (laughs) but like that is the idea of the article is like, I get like Pine Grove is a great example. We are never going to all agree on the Pine Grove situation. However, we have to be able to discuss it in a way that makes it clear how each side feels. And it's really hard to kind of think of like, think of a world where this, this side, like they should be back and tour and this side that's like, they should cancel them meet in the middle and are like, okay, let's talk about it because everyone just wants their way. Everyone wants to be like, well, they can't exist because I don't want them to exist or they should exist because I want them to exist. And be like, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. Like we don't all have to agree on it, but we do have to like come to some, some answer, like some rehabilitation idea or, you know, so you just don't book them. So you just don't go to their shows. Like maybe that sometimes that's the point of life. I think, the social media age has kind of made a lot of people believe that like just because you hate something and you want it to cancel it can go away but it you know talking to pop culture historically speaking that's never the case we knew bobby brown beat the crap out of whitney houston and bobby brown still plays shows today like 25 years later
1: well it's, same thing with chris brown too like chris, chris brown everyone. is another great
2: example and like there's always going to be an audience that wants to pay for him and the entertainment industry works on the idea that if someone wants to buy a ticket someone else will sell them a ticket like That's just how business works. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. That's just like business, you know, but business doesn't have emotions. Um, So as a, but as a community, we are so focused on like, get rid of this thing or change this, that nobody's like, well, let me find a way to do this thing in a way that is, you know, culturally sensitive, diverse, welcoming of all types of people and makes money. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they just, they just want to focus on that. Like if Warped Tour had more women on the lineup, that would be wonderful. The question is, are there enough women, female bands that could replace the prominent bands on Warped Tour that would bring just as many people? And that's a completely different conversation that people don't want to have because then they feel like you're saying, well, you're saying that women aren't as popular. I'm saying, no, I'm saying we don't promote female bands the way that we promote water
1: parts. Or we (laughs) we compare those female bands to only being like Paramore. And if they don't sound like Paramore, then fuck them.
2: Like I would love to have Jetty Bones have been on the last warp tour all summer long. But can you tell me that Jetty Bones, if I swap Jetty Bones out with a band, it'd be like a lateral move. I'd even Sleep on it is a band that you, like, you could swap those two, but I don't know that anyone bought a ticket to Warp tour just to see sleep on it. you know what I mean? And I love right. those guys. But like, as far as the bottom line of Warp tour goes, it, would it make a difference and ultimately kevin wants to make money you know what i mean and uh, so as a community like let's address that issue like why don't we have more giant female bands so we're getting there we have them they're coming but if we don't start rebuilding these building blocks of the community they're not going to get anywhere like it's it's hard to imagine having another quote-unquote paramore like female rock band break out because there's a lot of great ones but like where do they go from here unless paramore takes them out which i feel like is like you just said it's almost counterproductive because like if hayley williams has to say your band is the next version of her
1: then then they're gonna be like why don't you sound like hard times why don't you sound like old Score paramore it's like "Mm."
2: (laughs) exactly um, yeah, I know that we're like filling up so much time. I apologize. Yeah, yeah no. I know. I just <laughs> want to be conscious of your time. If you, uh, oh, you're you fine. Have I'm, I'm actually answering a ticket right now, so you can just talk at me. And I'll you <laughs> in a second. Uh, I mean, we can we can start to
0: do our wrap up anyway. Sort <laughs> of. Uh, which was that? Um, if you want to plug all of the places where people can find you, find uh, Oxcord FM.
2: Uh,
1: Aholics Inside Aholics. Music Podcast.
0: Yeah, just promote all the stuff you have.
2: Okay. Um you can find me on Twitter. It's at James D shotwell, or uh that's it on everything except I think Instagram it might just be no, I think it's my whole name, James D. Shotwell. Um Oxcord FM is luckily Oxcord FM everywhere, <laughs> which is why we chose that name. There's a great website called Name Checker that'll check your uh brand against all the social media sites at once. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um it's a name checker. It's name checker without the last E, so just name check and then R. Yeah.
0: Um I'm definitely gonna and go then, make some profiles tonight.
2: <laughs> and then Hollicks Holix is H-A-U-L-I-X. What we do is uh, – I'm just going to give you the really quick 15-second version. Hol- Holix is used by record labels and independent artists to discreetly share new and unreleased music without fear of piracy to industry influencers everywhere. You can learn more and gain access to a free 30-day trial at Hollicks.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. And uh, I have a podcast, Inside Music. It's like this, but we talk about the music industry. I talk less usually. The other person talks more, kind of (laughs) like how this show works. And um, the next episode is actually kind of cool. So there's a company out there that's developing AI that can write songs, and they just put out an EP that is entirely produced by AI. The vocals, the songwriting, everything is produced by AI. So I'm going to have the CEO and founder of that company, Maya Ackerman, on the show, I think, this week. And then... um, Yeah, most episodes of the show kind of have a theme, like there's a guest, but the reason they're on the show is to discuss a very specific thing. So she's on the show to talk about AI and how it affects the music business, and whether or not robots will someday have a hit song on Billboard, because that kind of fascinates me. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) But if you want to just hear, uh, but if people don't like serious podcasts, I have a lot of dumb ones too. Um, A couple of weeks ago, that Mod Sun conversation I mentioned is actually an episode of the podcast. It's like a 30 minutes on his tour bus and you can't hear it, but I will tell you that at the beginning of it, actually, I think I left it in at the very beginning of the conversation, I hit record and then he yells to the front of the bus, Hey, can somebody grab my Jack, my cigarettes and my weed? And then this guy brought back a mason jar filled with weed that was bigger than my like my torso, I think. Oh my
1: god!
2: <laughs> um, a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of like a giant bottle, like a like a comically large bottle of Jack Daniels, which was not <laughs> poured into a glass. And uh, Bod just sits there and uh, smokes and drinks his way through our conversation together, and it's a real fun time. Nice,
0: <laughs> cool. And I'll put uh, I'll put the physical links to everything down at the bottom. I also want to shout out your Twitter just because I see you always do these like. The top five fives. top songs.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and yeah, I love it, and I haven't like responded yet because I never like really like can think of my top five. Are you, well, are moment. you scared
1: that people are going to try to fight you? Because um, I see people always trying to fight James, and I'm like, ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not scared people are going to fight me. I'm scared that I'm going to fight somebody else. But also, like, oh no, I'm, I'm aware that music is very subjective. But I do want to give you my top five. Bring me the Horizon tracks, which I think that was the conversa- conversation today.
2: <clears throat> that was the conversation of the day. Go ahead, hit me.
0: So I'm going to say my number five is doomed.
2: Okay. Uh,
0: I'm going to say – see, and I'm not really putting these in a a specific order, I guess. I'm I'm saying them to you, but, like, I would change these as soon as we get off this call. (laughs) Uh, Number four would be crucify me. Uh, Number three is probably – I'm going to say can you feel my heart. Good Uh, choice. Number two – probably Chelsea smile because it's been my ringtone for my phone since that song came out.
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. And then number one is uh, uh, I I went out of order. I'm sorry. But uh, my number one would be uh, shadow Moses.
2: You know, I got a lot of shadow Moses today and you know, the song that I, every time I do this, uh, I've learned a few things from doing like, I think I've done like 75 of them now. Um, Every time I do one, I learn a few things. Number one is that, If I mention a song that's like a deep cut in my top five, inevitably, a lot of people will put it in their top five and i'm not saying that like i influence that but i think people have this subconscious thing where they don't want to completely piss me off even though i have no recourse yeah. and so like, I'll, sometimes uh, sometimes if i don't have a fifth song i'll just pick like a deep cut that i kind of like and make it number five just so that people will be like wow i never thought of that song before and then suddenly it starts making everybody's top five and i'm like you did not all feel that way about this song. <laughs> yeah. i know nobody knows um Shadow Moses came up a lot today, and the one that surprised me is that a lot of people picked what is it? A song for Stevie Wonder, Braille, or for Stevie Wonder's Eyes, Ears Only. Um, that's a really deep cut. I had a lot, yeah. so like I like, I, I, and you learn that people like always have uh, an era. Bring Me to the Horizon was kind of a fun one because they're so defined. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you like the if you like the very first record, and you're like, tell Slater to wash his dick makes my top five. The chances <laughs> of True Friends also making your list are very yeah. very. <laughs> um you guys have any bands that you think i should do so the problem is is that there's a lot of bands but there's not a lot of They're bands i have enough albums to justify right well good. didn't okay. you
1: just didn't you just do one direction the other day yeah but yeah. i'm like a
2: hardcore directioner so that's
1: oh that's my god unfair. would you ever do a jonas brother one because i love the yeah. jonas Brothers.
2: With jonas Brothers <laughs> the problem with jonas like I really thought One Direction actually turned out to be very nice. All their fans were super cool about it. I had a few people that were like, "This is wrong." Um, <laughs> the problem with the Jonas Brothers is their fans can be vicious if you don't know all your stuff. And like, uh, I know. Listen, if, me too. <laughs> like, I remember the one time I think I mentioned that I really like Year Three Thousand. I got like thirty tweets that people were like, "That's not a Jonas Brothers song." And I was like, "Yeah, but like they well, did it's it like really a Bob.
1: Well. It's a fucking Bob."
2: Yeah. yeah, and like okay, but act like you like the original version before you knew it was a cover. Um, <laughs> But I, Jonas Brothers would be good. I've, I thought about doing like a whole boy bands week because I do love. I like all the boy bands really, pretty much. Full disclosure. As much as I'm like sitting here talking about alternative music. <laughs> hey,
1: like, you can you can do that. I remember pretending not to like Jonas Brothers until like you know four or five years ago because I was crucified for it. So. Yeah,
2: and I could do Joe Bros. We could do NSYNC. We could do Backstreet. I could go real deep and do New Kids on the Block. The thing is, that I've got to find the sweet spot. It has to be a band that's like. 2000 to now and they have to have at least three albums because if i go any deeper um even when i did saves the day like i got way less responses than when i do like fallout boy for example like obviously that right well i will say like
1: i have a lot of friends who are like i don't know who saves the day is and i'm like um (laughs) guys granted i also have a lot of friends who don't really know much about like fugazis or like right to spring and i'm like okay
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people that don't know Rites of Spring, they only know it as a circus or vibe song. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's, that's a reference to something. Don't oh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, don't like that and, at all. And it helps. It helps if the artist might actually retweet it. Like uh, sometimes I don't need to. Like Green Day t- took off and did really, really well. But some of them have had only like five or six responses. So it's really about finding my audience sweet spot. But I like such weird crap. Like we talked. We talked about Little Zan, Hot Mulligan, and now One Direction in this conversation. <laughs> so like the Venn diagram of things that I'm interested in.
1: is other people diverse. like
2: are very weird. Yeah, would,
1: you, would you ever? Did you ever do a Distillers one?
2: I have not, but let me tell you, it would be most of Coral Fang and then like one song from their first record.
1: <laughs> I will say I have a really nice record Sword day um, by um, Coral Fang vinyl. It's like blood red. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, Brody Doll is my first crush in music. Um, she probably still is to this day. She's wonderful. <laughs> so no, Distillers would be a fun one. I like that. Um, I, wanted, I think i think going to do Thursday this week. People keep asking me to do Thursday. They just announced a tour. Sometimes yeah. if they announce a tour, it kind of helps. Yeah. AFI did a song like the same day we did AFI but Mm -hmm. I'm glad you guys like those I actually did um we haven't put it out on Oxcord yet but I interviewed this band called Happy that I really like um and, and then when I got on the phone with the guy he was like just real quick before we start are you the James that does top fives on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I was just That's like, amazing. Well, I've been writing about music for ten years, but sure, I'm the guy that does top fives on Twitter. <laughs> I'm glad that
1: this is now my claim to fame. Thank you.
2: Yeah, he was just like, oh, I fucking love those. And then I looked, and he didn't follow me. And I was like, you don't follow me on Twitter? And he was like, oh no, but my friends retweet that shit all the time. And I was like, okay, thanks, guys. Can I get that <laughs> love follow <it>. back now? <laughs> um yeah so yeah please come check out all my stuff join the top fives they're they're my claim to fame i guess these days I <laughs> when you ask me what i do i should have just said that i should have. Yeah. Okay, I, I read top five top it's okay five in, the, in
1: the ad copy i'll write i'll just be like so you know the guy who does the top fives on twitter
2: yeah guess have you ever what? gotten mad about a top five about a, for a band that he well, probably doesn't care about as much as you do yeah that's my thing i like i get real i'm cocky about it though like if someone says something really mean i'm always like just you just have to tell me your top five like i'm not wrong just because you like, <laughs> I'm not wrong.
1: <laughs> I listen. Yeah.
2: I will defend most of them. Some of the bands, I'll be like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, uh, but like when I did the Paramore one, they have so many bops. Like, how can you? Yeah, not pick a I was lot of really bops?
1: like sitting down, like looking at it. I'm like, realistically, most of the things that are going to be on there are going to be their singles because they yeah. have so yeah. many.
2: And then people would be like, "How? Yeah, this is true." If you're a local, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like, you don't like? Ain't it fun? Calm down." <laughs>
1: Like, don't tell me you don't pop the fuck off to Ain't It Fun and Hard Times. Like, come at me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't love the hook, of the bridge of um, still, like, yeah, of all the songs. Any yeah,
1: song. literally. If you just can't go off to most of their hits, I don't know if you're a fan.
2: And Fences, Fences is also a great song. Oh, my so God, is the, it is. But so is Decode uh, De from the Twilight soundtrack. Oh, well, yeah. sorry, One of them has to make it. I mean,
1: can, can we also talk about how if they're not playing Mizbiz live anymore, they have to play Decode live? Like, sorry, I don't make the rules. Yeah,
2: no, I would, I would prefer to hear Decode live.
1: Right?
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, well, thank you guys for letting me come on and just ramble. I feel like yeah. you didn't talk much, and I'm sorry. No, hey, it's no, okay.
1: No. It's a podcast. We're talking to you. We're
2: interviewing you, yeah. We yeah. talk all the time.
1: People
2: are our <laughs> well, voices. <laughs> I'll come back anytime you want me to, and I'll try not to burn any bridges for you. No, oh, that's please.
1: you know, that's good. I guess I you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay. I
0: can, I can take airplanes. It's okay. I can get everywhere.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll bring up your question to Nick. I'll see him tomorrow, actually. Um, it would be
0: fun to know if he remembers me, but I know he wasn't. He, really
2: he has a really good memory because he's been uh, sober for a while now. And oh, that's as good. A, as a guy who's also been sober for a little while now, your memory starts to come back in a weird way. You're like, oh, yeah, I did do that dumb thing years ago. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. But uh, not in like, a bad way, but just, yeah, it's, it was a long decade. <laughs> Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for having me around. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, no mind.
1: problem. Thanks, James. Um, uh,
0: we'll see you again soon. And yeah.
1: Bye. Bye. <laughs>